Matthew 19. And behold, one came to Jesus, saying to him, Good master, what good shall I do that I might have life everlasting? Jesus said to him, Why askest thou me concerning good? One is good, God. Jesus is trying to teach this young man here that he is God. The young man says to him, Good master. Jesus replies, One, one is good, God. In other words, you're looking at God, young man. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith to him, All these have I kept from my youth. Yet what is wanting to me? Jesus saith to him, If thou wilt be perfect, go sell what you have, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When the young man had heard this word, he went away sad, for he had great possessions. According to St. Augustine, when you're reading this passage, you need to make a distinction between a commandment and a counsel in order to interpret it correctly. Commandments are things everybody, they apply to everybody. Everybody's got to do them. Do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. Those apply to everybody. Now a counsel is just that, it's a counsel. It's advice. It's kind of like if I say, Augustine, go mow the grass. That's a commandment. But if I say, Augustine, you might want to consider mowing the grass today. Well, he doesn't have to mow the grass. He can mow half of it or whatever. So here Jesus gives this young man a counsel. He counsels him to sell everything he has and follow him. Some people have misinterpreted this passage to think unless you sell everything you have and give it to the poor, you're going to go to hell. No, this is a counsel that Jesus gives us. And you need to apply that counsel to your state in life. Unlike a commandment, where those apply to everybody's state in life. This counsel is what uh, brothers and, and nuns and religious do. They give up everything. They follow Jesus. Back to the Baltimore Catechism. This lesson is on sin and its kinds. Is original sin the only kind of sin? Original sin is not the only kind of sin. There is another kind of sin which we commit ourselves. It's called actual sin. What is actual sin? Actual sin is any willful thought, word, deed, or omission contrary to the law of God. How many kinds of actual sin are there? There are two kinds of actual sin, mortal and venial. What is mortal sin? 
Mortal sin is a grievous offense against the law of God. In other words, a big sin. Why is this sin called mortal? This sin is called mortal because it deprives us of spiritual life, which is sanctifying grace, and brings everlasting death and damnation on the soul. How many things are necessary to make a sin mortal? It says there's three things necessary for a sin to be mortal. Grievous matter, sufficient reflection, and full consent of the will. Maybe you can, more simple way to state that is, it, first of all, it has to be a mortal sin. You have to know that it's a mortal sin, and you have to do it on purpose. What is venial sin? Venial sin is a slight offense against the law of God in matters of less importance, or in matters of great importance, it is an offense committed without sufficient reflection or full consent of the will. Okay, venial sins are small sins. Easy way to remember it. Mortal sin is a big sin, robs you of sanctifying grace, and venial sin is a small sin. Which are the effects of venial sin? The effects of venial sin are the lessening of the love of God in our hearts, the making us wor less worthy of his help, and the weakening of the power to resist mortal sin. And the final question, what are the chief sources of sin? The answer is those seven capital sins. They are pride, covetousness, lust, anger, gluttony, envy, and sloth.